cliffcentral.com. A little bit of news that we wanted to get in before we get to Dr. Hanan, but it is Monday morning, which means it is going to be okay. Is it going to be okay, Dr. Hanan? You've got to tell us. <laughs> Always going to be okay. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, first things first, Dr. Hanan is uh, here to talk about something that we've we've really got to pay some attention to. Why? Because it's that time of year. Matric exams are on the horizon mm-hmm. and actually under un- underway for some people too. Now, along with that comes a lot of stress and anxiety for both the learners who are writing the exams and for their parents. So, today we're going to speak to Dr. Hanan about what we can do to help our kids who are feeling a little bit stressed about the exams. And it's not just the matrix who are writing. A lot of other kids are stressed too. And we're joined by Tyron Fuchsloch, who is a teacher. He's been a teacher for 22 years, worked with children from 6 to 20 years old. He started his own school back in 2014, which is pretty amazing. And uh, now he has five campuses in Gauteng and in the Western Cape. And the schools try to help children who suffer from high anxiety and a host of other learning challenges. So, Tyron, nice to have you on the show. How are you? Yeah, morning, Gareth. Very morning. good, and yourself? Good. Nice to see you. First of all, uh, just tell yes, us yes. just tell us about your schools before we carry on. Uh, thanks, Gareth. So, yeah, so basically, our schools cater for you know those kind of children who do suffer from high anxiety, ADD, ADHD. Um, I think uh, you know if you go back 10, 15 years, a lot of these children kind of. Uh, flew under the radar. No one really uh, looked out for them. They didn't have a place to go. So uh, we sort of uh, put schools up where they had a, a place to go, where they were getting more support, where their anxieties were managed. Uh, whereas in, you know, bigger classrooms, uh, no one was really uh, kind of identifying these children. Mm-hmm. So our schools will, you know, put them in an environment where they can uh, learn without being persecuted, without feeling like they, you know, not normal, because a lot of schools were making them feel that way. And some of them have dyslexia, dyscalculia, uh, which means they can't read or they can't actually do maths. And um, bigger schools weren't picking that up. So we've given them a place where we can help them through those difficulties. And that was causing, obviously, it's huge anxiety. If you can't read something, you're not going to tell your classmates or your teacher uh, so at our schools, they, you know, we all the teachers, all the, the fellow students know what these children are going through. So they feel a lot more comfortable learning in our sort of uh, classroom environment, Gareth. Okay. So, Doc, what, what do you make of, of the matric exam stress? Um, is this something we should be paying uh, extra careful attention to? You know, every year we get told we've got to trade on eggshells with um, matrics because matric is so hard. And, you know, I remember it and I wasn't stressed at all, but I'm not the, I'm not the usual. Um, how do you feel about this, Doc? Do you think that um, we've built this up and we've actually created a mountain out of a molehill and we've made it so absolutely scary for, for kids that it's added to the anxiety? Or do you think it really is something that requires a huge amount of you know, delicate, careful, um, and considered attention? Right. So let me give a bit, a bit of context. In life or whatever you value comes with stress. Right. So value and stress are married. You can't divorce the two. So the more you value something, the more there is stress attached to it because there's a, there's a consequence of it not working out. Mm-hmm. So I value my kids. It comes with stress. I value my marriage. It comes with stress. I value my work. It comes with stress. So when I see a matriculant comes into my office and says, I'm not stressed, that means, well, they don't value it. So even, even if you're well-prepared, 
your body is naturally going to react with anxiety because you value it. So should it be stressful? Well, if you value matric and you value your marks and you value your future education, I mean, look, if you're looking to leaving matric and going and doing something else that's not related to the academic world, that's okay, then you wouldn't necessarily value it. But if you value that trajectory, then naturally it's going to come with stress. But there's a big difference between handling stress in effective ways and not handling stress and letting it absolutely control you. And um, the, the difference is, one is preparation. So once you're prepared for something, then anxiety doesn't overwhelm you. So I always tell people the following. My favorite term to use of all time is blueprints and frameworks. And the reason why I love blueprints and frameworks is because the moment your framework to managing a stress is more complicated than the stressor, then you'll never lose control. The moment the stressor is more complicated than your framework, well, now you're going to bleed anxiety and fall apart and burn out. So the analogy that I use, and I've used this a couple of times even on the show, is if I give you a Rubik's Cube and I say to you, you've got 10 minutes to do this in. Now let's create some consequences. Let's create, well, if you don't manage it in 10 minutes, I take away, I don't know, a million rand out of your account. How do you think you're going to feel 10 minutes later? Well, you're going to feel incredibly stressed, maybe helpless, hopeless, despondent, because you don't have the skill set. You don't know how to do it versus me giving you the same Rubik's Cube, but this time I give you the blueprint, the method, the system, the step-by-step guide with the pictures. How do you feel 10 minutes later? Mm. Well, you feel in control because you have the method. People think resiliency is my internal ability to manage what's in front of me. Not true. Resiliency is do I have the skill set, the method, the blueprint, the system to manage the stress. That's in front of me. That's why you get people that have um, a massive Rubik's Cube in life in terms of exam in front of them and they feel in control. Somebody else has something quite simple in front of them and they're falling apart. So the first method, and there's no quick fix around this, if you value it, make sure that you have the skill set to master it. If you value it, make sure, and that's what the school system, Tyron will tell you, that's where the school system comes in because it teaches the kids a method, a system in order to manage with the stress that's in front of them. So that's number one. Make sure that you have the method, make sure you've studied, make sure you're well prepared for, Mm. because nothing beats that. Nothing beats that. You can, if you're not prepared, anxiety is going to take over. Right. Period. Period, especially if you value it. And then the second thing that you want to uh, look after is your body, your diet, your exercise, your sleep. And the third thing, and the final thing that I'll mention is, so again, once we've got to study, we've got to prepare. Two, you've got to look after your body. And three, you've got to learn immediate relaxation techniques when you're actually in the exam. So how do you calm your body down? And I want to suggest one thing. And by the way, you can Google plenty. You can Google breathing technique, relaxation technique, progressive muscle relaxation techniques. You can Google a lot of things that will help you in the moment. But I want to suggest one that has lasted and it's really shown incredible effectiveness in the moment. So whether, by the way, you have exam stress, you have stage um, anxiety, when you want to calm yourself down, you do this. For any emotion to be created on planet Earth, your body temperature has to go up. There's no emotion on the planet that can be created without your body temperature going up. Your body temperature has to rise. Mm. So if we can control body temperature, we can ultimately control emotion. So in other words, if I take somebody and put them in an ice bucket or one of those walk-in freezers, within two minutes, emotions decrease. 
within two minutes. Hmm. You know, I have people sitting here having panic attacks. The moment they turn on the aircon, lower their body temperature, anxiety goes away. It's not possible for anxiety for your body to react physiologically when your body temperature is low. So if we can decrease your physiological temperature, we will decrease emotion. So in the exam, never mind the breathing technique, which is all wonderful and great, but make sure your body temperature goes down. Get a, a glass of water or maybe a bottle of water, ice cold water, maybe wear maybe loose clothing or maybe clothing that are not so warm, but make sure your body temperature is low because you will decrease your anxiety. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's very, very handy stuff. So Tyron, what kinds of things do you guys do besides besides what Dr. Hanan's already um you know, addressed here that, that you need to. Yeah, so, so to look, I, I agree with uh, Dr. Hanan 100%. Look, what he said is is definitely relevant. Um, a well-prepared person or learner in this case is going to do much better at the exams. Mm-hmm. However, I'm, you know, being on the front line, you know, children nowadays to actually get them to prepare, you know, thoroughly and to prepare in time is actually quite a difficult feat. So we obviously preach to them all the time, guys, when are you going to start studying? Have you started? And, you know, children nowadays, uh, Dr. and Gareth, they're under so much anxiety and stress, you know. Um, I'll just give you some examples. The divorce rate nowadays is so much higher. Kids are having to deal with not only their own stress, but their parents' stress as well. You know, the parents put a lot of their stress onto their children. They've got to grow up a lot faster, deal with that. Uh, things like social media are making them feel like, you know, they always have to be in a relationship. There always has to be someone in their, their lives, you know, that causes them extra stress and anxiety. So these poor kids are under so much stress from, from other things. I'll give you another example. Um, cell phones, it's a big problem. Oh, we actually wow. take the phones away from them at school. They film each other and they send out TikToks of each other. And now you've got a poor child who there's a TikTok, out, you know, of them out there somewhere that's causing them stress. So by the time they actually sit down and, and go, wow, I'm, I'm now starting to feel exam stress. All these other stresses have such a, have had such an impact on them yeah. that they, they're planning late. They're not starting to study in time. They're basically kind of waiting until the day before. Uh, so it's sure. d- difficult to actually say, yes, you, you must prepare early. And, and, you know, we help them with study skills courses. We try do, you know, timetables for them when they need to study. Um, but, but it's, 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 it's very difficult for them to actually, um, uh, place uh, that that part of uh, you know of their lives as, as a study skill into everything that they're dealing with. Well, um, so let, let me ask yeah. you this: what what can parents do to help, and and what can the learners do for themselves besides what we've already covered with preparation and all the yes. rest of it? I mean, yes. you mentioned so, you mentioned so, phones. Can we, for example, like just discipline ourselves, and maybe the parents can help do this too? Whether you just you have less time with your phone while you're writing exams, you shouldn't be involved with the phone while you're so busy with yeah. this other stuff. Is that is that yes, easy, yes. easier said than done? Hundred um, percent. I would say that phones need to be actually taken away from the children. The problem is that, and I, I, I'm sure a doctor and can agree with me. I don't know if you've experienced it, but we're actually having children who are going through similar withdrawal symptoms to to actual drug users <laughs> when their phones are being taken away from them because they're so used to having that piece of uh, you know equipment with them taking it away actually causes a withdrawal a physical withdrawal that we can even see at school sometimes we take their phones away and they just you know they battle to cope sometimes we get new students that are not used to us taking their phones away it takes them two to three weeks to normalize so definitely it must be taken away from them 
Look, it's a good tool to use if you want to, if you're doing geography and you want to Google something, you know, uh, geomorphology or something. But the children obviously abuse it. You know, they don't use it for its intended purposes. They're basically on social media talking to their friends. So I think it is a good tool, but parents need to be more hands-on in terms of, of, you know, what they're allowing their children to use. But once again, I'm, I'm bringing it back to couples these days who a lot of them are divorced. A lot of moms and dads are both working full-time jobs. So who actually watches these children and monitors their actual, uh, you know, phone usage time? So it's, it's a diffi- it's a double-edged sword. It's very difficult. Um, but I think we need to teach children rather to actually be disciplined and, and know when they need to use their phone for certain things. That's, that, that's what we're trying to do at, at our schools is teach them when and w- where and how to use their phone to, to help them study. Yeah, Doc, I mean, this phone thing, the, the fact that Tyron says it's almost like they go through withdrawal like a drug addict would. Um, this, is a, this is a big problem. It's what we've been warning about for you know years. What? what do we do? You know what? The the thing is that we have to accept that stress is not going anywhere. Life is becoming way more complicated. I remember when I was at school, when I finished my trick, 97, I mean, if you got two distinctions, you were considered uh, a freaking genius. These days, kids are getting eight, nine, ten distinctions, and yeah. people are like, well, not even batting an eyelid. So the pressure is on, and the competition is on, people comparing themselves. So, of course, there's incredible amount of stress. But I'll mention people talk about discipline, but discipline is predicated on a framework. And the more difficult something is, the more specific the framework has to be. And I'll give you a quick example. I know we're running out of time, but if I take somebody that's, let's take Jim as an example, doesn't know fitness, doesn't understand fitness, or let's take somebody that does. Let's take somebody that's known fitness their whole life. If I give them a very general framework, go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because gym is within their comfort zone, they will outdo you. They will go to gym Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But if I take somebody that's never been to the gym, doesn't know what gym looks like, doesn't never, not a health conscious kind of person, and I tell them to go to the gym with the same framework, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it will never happen. For them, I have to be much more specific with my framework. So for them, I have to say, Sunday, I'm coming to your house. We're packing a bag. We put in a car. Monday, mm-hmm. I'm waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning. We're coming to your house. I'm fetching you, getting dressed. I'm taking you to a personal trainer. I paid six weeks in advance. You have to be that specific with somebody that doesn't lack the discipline. So discipline doesn't just happen. It's predicated on a particular and a specific framework. And the more difficult it is, the more specific the framework has to be. All right, I love it. Yeah. I love it. This is, uh, this is something we could carry on talking about and probably should, uh, but we're out of time, as you've already pointed out, Doc. Uh, Leanne and Mash and I will no doubt have some things to say to this. Mash only wrote my trick, what, like two years ago or whatever, right, Mash? <laughs> you could speak with some yes. authority on this. But uh, Tyron, thank you for your time, and uh, Dr. Hanan, yes, as yes. always. Yes, thank my you, pleasure. Right. Pleasure. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Keep well. Nice to see you. There we go. Matric exam time. Mm-hmm.